Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. You okay? How are you doing here? You live here or something? Yeah, I got a flop next door. Next door's a brothel. Yeah. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, we've got a great guest from my new favourite show because I joined the party late from The Expanse. We've got Wes Chapman. Wes, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, so you're new, you're new to the show? You know you know what? I had Thomas Jane on last year, and I interviewed uh-huh. him for The Punisher and Deep Blue Sea, and he, was, he started talking about The Expanse, and I had seen it advertised, and I never got around to seeing it because, you know, being a parent, working, uh, I, you know what? I never got the time um, to get, yeah. you know, in front of the TV. And then I started to watch it, and... I couldn't stop watching it. It's just <laughs> immense. It, it It is the best sci-fi series I have ever watched to date. And I never want it to end. And I'm sure that I'll keep on watching it on repeat uh, if that day ever came. Uh, but thank you, Are you so all much. Are you caught for- up now? I am. I'm on episode eight of uh, this uh, season. And, oh, my God, it's getting so good. You know, that journey from season one. To, I can't wait to see what you think about uh, uh, nine, episode nine, which comes out uh, Wednesday. It's my favorite. Of the is, is it really? Because yeah. uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about, obviously, the episode eight and your journey. But Wes, what is the secret source of The Expanse? Why is it so popular? Why is it done so well? Um. You know, it's one of those things. It, it whenever that's a great question, and there's it, it's it's kind of it's something that it's an it's an intangible thing. So, I remember I was at Comic Con uh, for the Hunger Games, uh, and I remember uh, James S. Corey had a booth there, and they had those books. And I'm a sci-fi fan, you know. I, I I'm into, uh, and uh, a friend of mine told me about the books. Have you heard about these books? And was telling me about it. And I immediately something about it was really interesting to me, and and it really got my attention. Uh, cut to I get the script, I get the pilot script, and uh, I read it, and uh, and I had that same special feeling right away when I read the the script. Um, and you know, convincing that you know your your team uh, in in the people involved that you work with that this is you know that I think this is going to be great. This is going to be something special. Uh, you know, they, they, at that time, they didn't have enough information. All they had was this pilot or, you know, they didn't seem as excited about it as I was. Um, and you know, and then, so going to work and, and shooting this thing and, uh, we always believed in it and we always loved it. And I was a true fan of it. And I, and I knew it was in, and so for what happened to the show now and, and, you know, it's almost mind blowing. You know, it's it, and in some ways you had this special feeling about it, 
and you and there's you can never really put your finger on like what makes something special or what doesn't but i know that there was something about the books that resonated with me there's something in the universe like you know that i knew uh that it was a story that i wanted to be a part of it was a story that i wanted to tell um and i felt very fortunate and grateful to be able to to be a part of it and you know so when we started shooting it uh and then either what happened to it in season three and then coming back in season four and come up with Amazon. And then all of a sudden, you know, it opening up like this, uh, it's, it's such a, a blessing and such a fun thing to be a part of. And this is what I don't get is that, you know, I've, having watched it, um, you know, in quite a short period of time up to season three and then all of a sudden it gets cancelled. I just don't get the networks. I don't get why they cancel such a good show but when it did get cancelled how did that make you feel you know what, what's really interesting uh again you know i had this feeling uh that it that it wasn't over and I, and again like to, to answer your point about you know why something is cancelled why it doesn't get cancelled you know there's so many uh politics there's such a bureaucracy involved and there's ownership issues between the studio and the uh, and the network that was actually airing it. And so there's all these internal battles that are going on. Uh, meanwhile, you got this show, you know, that's really finding its feet and that's really getting better and really, you know, catching on with this solid and, and phenomenal fan base. And then when it happened the way that it happened, it just didn't, it's, I still had that feeling. I still had that good feeling about it that I knew it was something special. And it ended up in a lot of ways being the best thing that ever happened to the show. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, the, ple the the press and the the activity around getting canceled uh, attracted a lot of people to the show. So then when we got this new platform, we had this strong foundational fan base that was totally supportive of us. And then we, you know, you start building off that, um, mm. and uh, you know, and that that's kind of how it happened. So it was this perfect storm of events that really launched the show in 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 ways that just blows all of our minds. <laughs> And obviously the fans came out in force and and protested and Amazon uh, took the show on. Did you notice a difference in the production side of things once that Amazon came on or was it completely all the same as from season three going into season four? Um, I do think, well, obviously there was the obvious things where we didn't have any restrictions. Uh, I do... You know, I'm so, I'm a big fan. Like, I don't like commercials. I don't like breaking up the story. You know, with that, um, and it just felt like a lot more freedom to really <laughs> tell the story that we wanted to tell, to create the edge in the world that's there. But it also felt as if there was a lot more support in all kinds of different mm -hmm. ways. Uh, and then, you know, it it was uh, really having a team around you that truly believed in the show. And I'm not saying that it wasn't like that in the beginning, but this is something that you could really feel. Uh, and, and also had the resources to um, really back the show up. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's the perfect home um, for The Expanse. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm just so glad and so grateful to be there. So the reason why I actually subscribed to Amazon Prime was because of The Expanse, um, which I'm very happy about. But uh, you play Amos Burton, which is my favourite character 
in the whole whole of the show. It really he really is. If you say, I'm gonna go back and watch Thomas Jane's episode, and you, you better not tell me he's his favorite. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 because you you you, you know what? I didn't know much about the Expanse back then, or we would have spoken about about it. He did ask to come back on the show, uh, so I think I'm going to get him back on at some point. But I've got to say, when I interviewed him, he answered the video call. I thought he was naked and he was smoking a pipe, and li- literally I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to look. Um, but uh, he was an ap- ap- absolute star to speak to. He really was. So. Uh, back to you, Wes. So you play Amos Burton, this uh, amazing character. If you could sum up what your character is about and who he is for anyone that hasn't watched The Expanse yet and, uh, you know, under those rocks. I wish that I could tell you I was freaked out, but I'm not. Not even a little. I haven't felt fear since I was five years old. Man, I wish I could go through life without feeling fear. No. You know, I would say that uh, that uh, Amos is somebody that was uh, born and raised and forged uh, in the post-apocalyptic future side of the mean streets of Baltimore, uh, and he uh, had to deal with uh, a tremendous amount of abuse uh, and. Uh, you know, and, and trauma growing up. And so he is kind of, uh, it's, it kind of deadened him in a way with, to his senses and to his connection and sim- sense of empathy. Uh, and he had to uh, be this way in order to survive. And so now that he's out in the world, um, he doesn't really understand uh, morality as it is, or he doesn't understand, you know, really what is right or what is wrong. All he knows how to do is survive and whatever's in the way of that survival, he'll do whatever it takes to get through that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, knowing that it's, it can be difficult to, to live in a world like this. And there's a lot of things he starts to find people that he can kind of connect to and understand, you know, how to live in the world and live in it as effect without, you know, doing the things that he's done. Um, and, you know, uh, but he has a, but in terms of what he wants is very simple. He wants, he, li- he likes his work, uh, being out in space uh, and working on the spaceship and, and having a small crew and intimate people around him. That's happiness to him. That is his ultimate goal. That's what he wants. And every now and then the station and be able to visit the brothels and have, you know, have a few whiskeys. That's all he wants. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, being a part of the Rossi and that being part of his inner tribe, his inner, his inner circle, they, you know, Holden's always pulling his ass into <laughs> all these greater, you know, macro events and wars and ring gates and stuff like that. And he goes along because he wants to protect the, you know, his family, his, his tribe, his crew, but he doesn't have any, uh, any ideals or, or, you know, high minded, uh, desires or, you know, macro, ideas of what the world should be he's like you know just leave me alone and i'll leave you alone that's kind of how he looks at it <laughs> and your character i've got to say from season one to season five now your character arc has been incredible and season five we see you go back to baltimore and we see a lot more inside of amos a lot more that's made him potentially be the way he is um, how excited was you to find out that you know 
in season five, we were going to explore Amos a lot more. Well, my goal, you know, when we first started the the whole project was to get to season five. You know, we had we had all those books available, and uh, and very early on, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm like you when I started reading the books. Amos was uh, I thought, you know, the character that I was most interested in. And that was what I wanted, you know, when I read the pilot, that was definitely what I wanted to to explore and be a part of. And in doing that, uh, I came across the churn very early on before even we started season one. And the churn is really the foundation, uh, because if you if you kind of, you know, if you look at the books and then you look at, you know, the pilot or how things are written, not every writer that is involved has has read the churn. I mean, of course, James, I say, Corey, they wrote the churn. And so, mm-hmm. you know them and I were very in line of what we wanted Amos to be. But once you started the show, there's other writers, there's other producers, other people involved, and they might not have that same vision or that same narrative. Uh, and so, you know, in the beginning, you just fight really hard that, you know, this is the type, you know, you know, sending everybody the churning, like this is the character I want to create. And this ultimately are the seeds of the arc we're going to plant that will come to fruition if we get to season five and we go back to Baltimore. And that's, that was kind of the gamble and the thing that you you're betting on because the, in the beginning, the building of Amos's arc and his character was very subtle and it was very, you know, one foot in front of the other. And, and, uh, and it was, it's so creatively satisfying to, to play the character in that way because you do all the work, you do all the research and who Amos is just how he behaves on screen you know, he's not constantly talking about himself or let, letting these things go forward. So it's, it's kind of hidden. But people start to notice, you know, something's wrong with this guy. Something's off. He's not mm-hmm. the, you know, when you first see him, you're like, oh, I get it. I know who he is. He's that guy in the group. He thinks he's a tough guy or whatever. But then as it, as it starts going, you realize like, oh, Amos, he doesn't have an ego in that way. He doesn't, he's not trying to be the tough guy. That's not what comes out. He's just trying to survive. And mm-hmm. so you know, there's no confrontation. Like, you know, if, if it's easier to, to, take, to take you out while you're sleeping. I'm not going to lie to you. Either way this plays out, you're dead. That, that's going to happen, you know. <laughs> so there isn't any, there's no more walls that he has, uh, you know, ahead of him. And in the beginning, uh, he was a tribe of two, him and Naomi. And then it, uh, over time, it started to grow for the rest of the Rossinante. Um, and yeah, so I'm endlessly fascinated by him and, you know, the fact that, uh, even thinking about, you know, how many seasons I've gotten to play him and I still get excited and I still get butterflies because there's still so much to explore and so much to learn about him. And are we going to find out any more about Amos in the future, in future episodes? Yes. Excellent. That is good to hear because you know what, it's sort of, I think we've just, watching it scratch the surface and he is such a fascinating creature he really is and um, there are glimpses of i would say kindness there only glimpse and and i me pers- personally from season one you know you're seeing little bits of soft the softer side of of him in certain circumstances but then he's got a a, a very hard wall there when you know, he needs to have have it there. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So what's been your favorite storyline so far for Amos, you know, to play? I mean, I think, you know, in terms of seasons and the arcs of the seasons, uh, I think season five, hands down. I think 
going back to Baltimore, you know, so, you know, every year when we uh, start, when I start to prepare and start to get ready for the season, I always go back and read the churn. I always kind of reorient myself around uh, that is the foundation that I kind of build it off of. And uh, early on, I gave the churn to a psychologist and we kind of sat down and talked about how would this manifest in, in an adult? You know, how would the, these behaviors be in the we kind of explored, you know, all the uh, all the medical issues that one might have if they were they were mm -hmm. they were dealing with trauma on this level, and so then you you know you put that in the character, you put that in the work, and then every year, I, you know, the, the Baltimore is in my imagination. All the people in Amos's life, they all live in my imagination. So then going to season five, and actually going to the place that I've been imagining for six years. Uh, and, and, you know, seeing Lydia and seeing young Amos and seeing, you know, uh, the, the, the Baltimore, the streets of Baltimore. And, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty surreal and it was really powerful. And, and, you know, all that hard work start, you know, really came together. And, uh, and, and, you know, as we're filming this right now and we're talking, uh, episode nine comes out on Wednesday. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, probably my favorite episode of the whole uh, series so far i can't wait i can't wait so so how did it feel like going from like a set in in like toronto to you know on the streets of baltimore because it was quite a refreshing change from seeing like obviously be be being on the uh the spaceships as such um to actually being on lo 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 location how how was that for you because the locations were amazing they really were yeah, I mean, it, it felt like uh, at first it felt like I was on a different movie. I mean, I, uh, you know, I showed up and I didn't have my first day of shooting was that in that amazing scene of where they're flying into Baltimore and you see Amos on the street and he's walking through. Uh, and I didn't have, you know, the cover, my Amos coveralls. I didn't have, uh, you know, the Rossi crew. I didn't have the Rossi. I didn't have all the people around me. And it was just kind of I was kind of by myself and showed up and there was hundreds of extras and we're all in this this you know the streets and uh downtown and it just didn't feel like the expanse um and it was pretty you know it was a crazy moment but then uh it but then that kind of you know what i was going through as an actor was very similar to what amos was going he hasn't been you know without the rossi for years he hasn't been without the rossi crew for years and you know, going back on his own and going back to Baltimore and, and experiencing that for the first time. So I just kind of allowed it to, to to be that. And then it, it ended up being one of the most fun seasons I've ever shot on The Expanse. And, the, and, and, and every season's been fun. This is a very fun show to shoot. Yeah. Well, well I can tell that. I mean, it's amazing. But, um, you know, for me, obviously, seeing you from season one, uh, with Naomi, she's your sort of compass, I suppose, where, you know, she sort of keeps you in check, you know, doing right from wrong. And and now you're not with them. It's quite interesting to see because obviously your relationship with Peaches, for, in, for instance, in se season five, you know, she has been written off by so many people uh, for past events, but yet you are coming across as the knight in shining armor. I mean, what is that connection between you and Peaches? I mean, what is Am Amos's thought around, around it all? 
Well, he says to her that the world is messed up and sometimes it can mess you up and it can make mm -hmm. you do, you know, bad things. The things that Amos has done in his life is very bad, you know, could be considered really terrible things and murder. I mean, he's, you know, so once he gets to know Clarissa, uh, the, um, season when I, we bring back to earth and when she, which is, which takes place off that you don't see, but when we bring her back to earth, we spend, you know, six, seven months together with her working in the machine shop as we transport her back to earth. Mm. And during that time I get to know her and I realize she's not a bad person. She's not, there's not an evil bone in her body. She was completely confused by her manipulative father and completely starved for any kind of love or approval. And it made her go crazy. You know, she did, you know, these really horrible things which mm. in the right situation we all can do horrible things and when he goes back to baltimore it reminds him of his you know relationship with lydia who basically saved him and directed him away from uh the kind of you know person which could have been very dark that he could have been and so when he when he goes back and, and rediscovers lydia and his relationship it kind of makes him think of clarissa and thinking, you know, she doesn't have anybody and, and she's completely alone. And not only does she not have anybody, she thinks she's this terrible person. I've done the things that she's done and I'm free and I'm on the Rossi and all this. So I don't really know what I'm going to do or how to do it. But at least let me just go see her. I just want to see her. Mm -hmm. And then when I end up going to see her, obviously Marco's attacks happen in, in, in the prison or whatever. And then I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to get her. I'm going. I'm going to get her out of here. I'm going to get her into mm -hmm. a, a safer place. And then, through that journey, we started connecting. We started bonding. And then Amos is very loyal to the people, and is he has a very small circle, and it's hard to get in there. But once you mm -hmm. get in there, you're in there. And so through that journey that they had, he she ended up connecting to him. They connected in a way that he saw her in his circle and his you know uh, what what he wants. Uh, in in the Rossi family, and what's really interesting too, and what I think is great about uh, Amos and their relationship is that Amos, you know, so obviously, you know, he he's a man and she's a woman, and he, and they're really, you know, they take care of intimate. But Amos knows that he's not on a uh, on a relationship side. He he does not have the equipment that she needs. He cannot give her the intimacy. He can't give her love. He can't give her those things, but he can be a friend. He can be solid to her. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't cross that line because he knows how messed up she is. And then what he's willing to give is that'll mess it up even more. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of, you know, if you look at it from that level, because people are watching and be like, oh, this is going to be romance or anything. And, you know, but if you really look at it, it's like, you know, he knows that it would end up hurting her. And it wouldn't be good for her. I mean, think about what happened to his last girlfriend <laughs> yeah, in season yeah. four. And, you know? and, and, uh, and I, I thought that was just such a great choice, you know. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. mean, I, I mean, I was, I was going to say, um, is Amos capable of having a relationship? Because he seems so separated from from that, and and it would be nice to see him connect with Peaches in that way. Because you know, there's something def definitely there that fans are talk talking about but i suppose you know if he's damaged if if he's you know incapable of of those connections because we're yet to discover 
more of his backstory that might explain it, um, which we're all we're all look, looking forward to. Um, the work on the show is absolutely stunning. I've got to say, the work that the writers, visual, you know, visual special effects, and everything like that is just unbelievable. I mean, it's jaw-dropping. I mean, how does it feel like being on, on the set? Because the amount of detail that there is on, on set, does it blow your mind every time you step foot there? Yeah, it blows my mind. And, and I think, uh, you know, to be a part of something, you know, I, I remember, you know, when uh, Stephen and I were first talking and before we, we were at the table read for episode one, season one. And we're kind of talking about our goals and like what we wanted to achieve, you know. And I said to him, you know, growing up, I was so moved uh, by stories, movies and television and plays. And, you know, it, it just really swept me up. And every now and then you come across something like, like, uh, like the first Indiana Jones or like Terminator, you know, like something. Yeah. And you come across something and you're like, this is great. You know, I mean, it, it like when I say great, I mean, you know, like Space Odyssey 2001, like this is great and it is important to me. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, all these things were so important in my life. I mean, and in some ways they were my best friends growing up, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that attracts us when you get older to this career and to be able to tell these stories. But what I said to him is like, I just wanted to be a part of something that made other people feel the way that these great things made me feel. And that's all. That's my goal. You know, that's what I want to do and everything. And so being a part of the expanse and, uh, and, and you know, I, I feel as if this is, the, this is my dream is to be a part of something that affected, that affects people in a way that I was affected growing up with these things that I loved. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got to say, um, one of my um, <clears throat> favorite scenes um, so far is is when you're uh, with Chrissy, as 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 you call her, and she turns around and says, "I'm a member of Parliament, not your favorite stripper." And then you turn <laughs> around and say, "You could be both." For me, that is typical Amos. Uh, I just think it's it's amazing. What has been your favorite scene to film that's actually made you chuckle? that you know you've really enjoyed doing there you go now you just walk around like you're in pumps how do you know what it's like to walk in pumps i didn't always work in space i mean that's one of them i i just i love <laughs> uh i love his relationship uh with with avasarala um and uh but you know the thing about the expanse and you know we all been working together for so long we're such close friends that we're laughing all the time we're chuckling all the time and uh and you know everything is is a lot of fun but i also uh uh his name is boomer i can't remember the you know the i'm trying to remember the character's name the big guy the big guy yeah. with the shaved head uh yeah. what's his name um the character's uh, name you know anyway so that guy that guy cracked that guy was hilarious, like stand-up comedian funny. I think he is a stand-up comedian, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that whole sequence of working with them and, you know, out there on that amazing and epic set and everything. And, I mean, he just had me laughing the whole time. So, he, you know, I, I miss <laughs> having him on set. 
he looked he looked very very intimidating and i love the scene where he's banging on the cell doors and then the cell doors open and and he's just like hi guys what's going on and and it's just literally i just think was 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 hilarious um so let's talk about working with thomas jane um what was he like to work work with because he played detective miller and he also directed episode three but am i right in saying because you know what i do watch your show every single after every single episode with the tie and the guy uh, Ty and the other guy. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, YouTube, and you mentioned that. Um, see, I can't remember. Is is it episode no, three? Directed. Yeah, he directed, and I'm not in that episode. But work working with him because you have some amazing scenes. One scene was uh, when you have a bit of a tumble with him. So, if you need to square up, you know where I am. Otherwise. You should move on because you're poisoning the air. And you slam him onto the uh, ta- table, uh, which I thought was great. Uh, what 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 was he like to work with? Is he uh, is he as nice as um, you know he seems? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, Thomas. I loved. I mean, you know, I consider Thomas a good friend, and I love Thomas. And what's great about Thomas is you know it's a, being in this business and working and you get to work with all these different actors and when people have been there for a long time you know the, there is an awareness of the business and sometimes it doesn't do the greatest things to people's personality or the way they see themselves thomas is completely free of that it's almost like he doesn't even see you know that thing about him he's just a good guy he's just a, a really sweetheart of a guy he's really intelligent and like us, he's a massive fan of, you know, of all of these things, sci-fi. So when I met Thomas, like for the, well, we met him working together, but when I really had a chance to talk to him, I remember we were, uh, we were eating together and I, and I wanted to go see this fight, this Canelo fight. And, uh, and I said, you, you know, I'm going to go see this fight. He goes, I'll go with you. And so we ended up walking like three miles to, to go find, you know, a bar where this fight was at. And then we got in this great conversation about movies and film and and directors and and Thomas is also a writer and he's also a producer he's also a director and he's got and so we just loved the same things and and we have you know so many things in common also we love both love Stephen King you know I mean that's yeah. we're huge Stephen King fans and so we talked about him for hours and um so we really connected and clicked you know on that thing and so you know, then now I check on them all, you know, we, I go to LA and, uh, you know, we went to, you know, we go to dinner and we, we just, uh, stay in touch. And, um, and he, you know, he was doing that, uh, he was doing tying that guy after show with Amazon, which we're actually now doing into, uh, we're going to go back to season one, episode one and go do the whole things. And so we have a really in-depth conversation with Thomas, uh, in that, uh, you know, in, in a, a tie on that guy conversation with him where we go back into his past and him living in in LA uh, and struggling as an actor and living on the streets and uh, and it's just a fascinating guy and fascinating stories and his perseverance and like you know working and working and then you know making it in in the uh, in the business and uh, you know so many interesting stories but he's just somebody that I find just very interesting I think he's extremely talented he's really intelligent he's comp- he's almost innocent in a way of like all the 
all the negative. He, he's very aware, but he's not part of it. You know, um, I don't think I've ever heard him say like a bad word about anybody. You know, he doesn't have <laughs> he doesn't have that bone. But uh, he's a really special guy. I mean, I love Thomas. And what a character on on the on the show as well, and um, who knows he might he might be back uh, because we all thought he had gone and um, he appears back. Not spoiling it for anyone, but they should be watching it. So it's their own fault if I've spoiled something. <laughs> there. Um, also in the show, the Belter language I just think is astonishing. Um, after looking on the internet, I don't know if you're aware, but there are eight levels of curse words in Belter language. Uh, which I was astonished by. I really am. Um, Do you know any Belter words? What's your favorite Belter word? You know, so uh, I have, so every, you know, season you'll start to pick it up and you'll say and you'll talk or whatever. But the way that my mind works is like when I'm done at work, like I have a memory wipe. And then I go off and I'll do other things or whatever. I don't think about it. And then when I come back, it takes a couple of weeks. It takes before I start to be like, oh, yeah, and everything. But So I'm definitely just coming back from the shutdown and just getting back to work. I'm still in the memory wipe uh, (laughs) phase of it. So as of right now, I don't have any uh, belter words that come to mind. (laughs) Well, my favorite is Awala, um, which um, I was going to say Awala. Like it doesn't really know. Well, a while, you know, like yeah. in the, yeah, the, he says it to him in like either one or two. Yeah. And the, the guy gave him the speech and then, you know, he has his three fingers like that, you know, does that. <laughs> and the great thing I'm going to, it's going to be my word of the day at work tomorrow. I'm going to call all my staff a walla and see if they figure it out. They won't figure it out unless they've obviously seen it. And then we'll do a big high five. So Amos has got quite well, a few tattoos. Well, shit, man, I feel bad for keeping you up and you got to go to work tomorrow. It's all right, mate. It's all right. Uh, okay. Only a few more questions. Don't you worry, my friend. Okay. Um, where, where do you work? Where do you work? Uh, where do I work? So I work at a big supermarket. Um, I'm a phone shop manager. So literally, uh, I deal with mobile phones all day. Um, in, what, so, in what town is this? What town so is this it? is this is in Mansfield, so it's uh-huh. in the middle of Sherwood Forest country, so where Robin Hood's from. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Great. So, yeah. so that's where I, I, I am the Midlands, as it's 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 classed as. Um, I, I haven't really gotten the chance to explore the English countryside. Uh, oh, it's fantastic! Much. I do, know do, I would do, love to because I'm because I'm fascinated. Like I. I'm obsessed with small towns and I love, mm. I love the country. I love that. That's, you know, that, that's, you know, mainly where I am in the States, yeah. uh, you know, as land and woods and stuff like that. So, um, I really want to do like, really just do a good, uh, English countryside oh. tour. You know what you should in the Peak dis- district where I am is absolutely beautiful. I mean, 10 minutes uh, drive from where I live is where they film the Princess Bride. I don't know if you've watched, oh, watched that film. Oh, that's my favourite. So it's where they actually film- filmed it all there. And you've got a lot of uh, country houses where they filmed all the period dramas. Um, so it's so picturesque. It's really, really nice. But when it snows and it's bad weather, it's like game over. Uh, because yeah. as Brits, we can't deal with bad weather. So if it snows, everything stops. Unlike you guys every other country. You know what? We don't. But when we do, like we've got snow now. 
So, you know, everything stops. People just don't drive properly. They don't they don't behave properly. So there's crashes everywhere and uh, it makes the news. It's just 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 dev- devastating to be fair. But what I wanted to ask about um your tattoos uh for Amos um have they got any meaning because you've got some awesome tattoos um you know on 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 your arms i mean do do they have any meaning i presume they do or is it they do they do have meaning uh and then the devil pen and you know all those things they they do have meaning and and uh and we kind of you know strategically picked them and the placement whatever but at this point you know, it's kind of it's kind of something that is kind of like I, the Amos knows, you know, like yeah. why he's has it or whatever and kind of going through it. And so, uh, you know, maybe when it's all over and everything's done, we'll, we can talk about all those things. But right now it's kind of like these are all events and ships and things, you know, from his past that right. uh, okay. that, you know, that kind of he keeps to him, you know, himself. And, and And what's your opinion of fans getting tattoos just like Amos? Because I've seen some <laughs> pictures of fans getting tattoos exactly like yours i think it's cool i mean i i think uh you know and that's you know part of the reason that we did tie in that guy is, is that what i realized is is that you know when we would go like if i if i meet people out in town or if i meet people whatever and they love the expanse and they come up and we start talking we we always love a lot of the same things in common and i always have these great conversations and before the shutdown, we would go, you know, do Comic Cons and meet all these great people, and I always had such a good time. And and I always realized that at Comic Cons we were all into the same stuff. So Ty, uh, one of the, the James S. A. Corey, you know, authors of the book, he was like, "Well, well, Amazon asked us to do this after show, and we did it, and we thought it was really cool because not only do we talk about the Expanse, but we talk about all the things that we think Expanse fans would find interesting. And we really enjoyed it, uh, and then." which the, the actual podcast hasn't came out yet. It'll come out in two weeks, but we've shot a lot of them or, you know, we've, we've recorded a lot of them and it's really going in depth, like with Thomas Jane or Ron Perlman or, you know, all, you know, these people that, and, you know, friends. And then we just go in deep dive at them, but we also go deep dive into like different movies and different TV shows and also the expanse. So it's just a way to kind of continue hanging out with the fans and, uh, and engaging in with them and talking with them and you know talk about spans because now we can't do it because of covid yeah of course and and how is covid affecting you currently with you and your family um you know is everyone do, do doing okay keeping safe yeah yeah i mean we've been keeping safe and you know like i said uh you know i, I love the country so um i have a place uh south of atlanta you know surrounded by hundreds of acres or whatever and that's where i was the whole time so i was I was out, you know, I, I was clearing property and, you know, working out in the woods all day. And so I kind of, it was good for my mental health just to get out and get, you know, and get and work on something. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did. So basically a Rocky, uh, montage then. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rocky four montage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Getting ready for Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Do you know what? Dies, um, it, you, do you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. It really is the Rocky, uh, you know, and 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 an, anthology. I think it's awesome. But Wes, thank you so you, much for chatting. You know, I got to work with Rocky, right? You know, I got to work with Rocky on Escape Plan Two. Escape Hades. Plan Two. So, 
So yeah. I'm like you. I think you know Rocky one and the first Rambo, the first Blood is like one of my you know all time favorites. And when Escape Plan came about, and uh, you know, and then I realized like I got to you know we have this great epic fight scene with Rocky. Man, that that was a dream. You talk about a dream come true, man. Getting getting to meet him, and you know, we we were in the middle of the scene, and you throw a punch, and he goes, "Ooh!" And you're like, "That's that's fucking Rocky, man." Yeah, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and and what did you think of Rocky Five? Are you a fan? You know the Tommy Gunn yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a fan of all the Rockies until the later ones. I think Five is the last last of the early ones. I I. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 I didn't love him as much as I as I liked the other ones. But anytime Stallone is Rocky, I'm in. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm always gonna. It doesn't mean I'm always gonna like it as much as the beginning. It, it the magic and the nostalgia has definitely wear wore off, mm. in in some ways. But he's still he's still made. God made him for that. Um, yeah. But the the later ones, like the late, you know, I I I wasn't. A, I don't, I don't, I don't acknowledge him. <laughs> you see, for me, Rocky Balboa, I thought was was a good sort of close to the. Well, you know, I the, didn't see the string that. of them. I didn't, I didn't see that one. Is it something no? worth seeing? Yeah, I think, I think the rest, I thought no, but Rocky Balboa was, you know, the it was sort of a close, a close to the, you know, the ser- series of films because Rocky Five, you know, was good. Tom, Tommy Gunn was good. Um, but I just thought Rocky Balboa definitely sealed it all all off. And, you know, I'm that much of a fan. I've been to Philadelphia and I've ran, run up the steps uh, in the pouring rain um, and just fantastic. Absolutely amazing movies. Um, but, Wes, I'll let you get on because um, I know obviously it's late here. But thank you so much for your time. And I've got to say, absolutely think the show is immense. And I oh, can't thanks, wait Brian. for future things. That. Uh, I can't wait to uh, see what happens on the next episode, episode nine, on Wednesday. Um, I'll definitely be watch- watching that, um, you know, on the edge of my seat. I really am. And continue the great work. Stay safe and uh, look after yourself. Yeah, same same for you, Brian. Thanks thanks for having me. It's a good time. And when you see, uh, when you look at episode nine uh, this Wednesday, there's a shot there. There's a There's a type of shot. That's never been done on the expanse before, and it still blows my mind when I watch it that they pulled it off. So, right. Okay. So we can you explain, or is it best to leave it to? Uh, uh, I w- I'll say this: that the director Breck Eisner went and saw Breck Eisner, our director who directed Nine, uh, went and saw 1917, uh, and he was floored, like everybody was, and expired. Uh, inspired um and uh you'll see how he's inspired when you watch episode nine so from that i i am i'm taking a one-shot piece of magic uh that is going to blow our socks off so i cannot wait um wes look after yourself keep up the good good work and you'll always be my favorite on the show and i can't (laughs) wait to see what's going to uh yeah forget the rest forget the rest let's have an amos spin-off show when this is all over, you know, I want to see Amos in his own show or movie. That would be awesome. Uh, and I'm sure the fans would be completely behind you. 
I appreciate it, Brian. This is a good time. Thanks for having me, buddy. to be more super the podcast it was kind of a crazy fun experience i love the show guys you're awesome listen my whole family loves it man if you enjoyed this episode be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends my world it means hope